The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. I heard a story from a man named Rabbi J.J. Schechter. He shared this with me directly, personally. He heard it from the man it happened with, a fellow in Israel by the name of Aryeh Eldad. Aryeh Eldad has an interesting job. He travels, as you know, in Israel, most high schools, after the graduating year, most of the students move on and have to go to the army and serve in the army in the IDF, Tzahal, for three years. And it's not easy. It's not an easy transition. You just graduated high school. You know, still a young, pretty, pretty young guy. So in America, you move on. But in Israel, most of the high schools, you go, you get drafted to the army. Aryeh Eldad has a very interesting job. He goes from high school to high school. And he spends time with the seniors, with the graduating class, to help prepare them for this major emotional and practical and psychological transition from a life, you know, in their homes, more or less burden-free and stress-free, good teenagers, and off to the army. It's not an easy transition. And this is what he's been doing for years. He speaks to the students, and he fabrings with them, and he answers their questions, and he, he takes them out, and they visit different places. This is his job, his vocation. Eldad, Aryeh Eldad shared this story with Rabbi J.J. Schechter, who shared it with uh, yours truly. He says, one particular class in a particular high school, I was having a very difficult time. These kids were just very, very not interested, (laughs) and I couldn't blame them. They were tough, they were oblivious, they were apathetic, they were indifferent, and it was just a very difficult situation. And uh, I I couldn't get anywhere. You know, his job is to inspire within these children mostly from secular Jewish families, uh, historic right of the Jewish people to the land of Israel, the fact that today there are millions of Jews there who need to be protected, the fact that it's protected through Jewish children who put their life on the line. You know, he speaks about previous soldiers and their sacrifices and the life that they're going to live for the next three years. Now, the last day, he usually takes the kids out, you know, they go different places. He shows them things. The last day, usually he takes them to Mount Herzl, Har Herzl, near Jerusalem, where so many soldiers who died in the previous wars in Israel are buried. He said, I'm this particular class, which was very difficult, and he took them around different places in Israel, and then the last day to go to Mount Herzl. And over there, there's a section for soldiers who were killed during each war. It was the War of 1948, there was the War of 1956, there was the Six-Day War of 1967, the Yom Kippur War of 1973, Lebanon War, the first Lebanon War of 1982, and so on and so forth, including the recent Gaza conflicts during the last few years. And it, it has a sign over there, the soldiers of this battle, that battle, that battle. And the first group is 1948, Tov This was known as the War of Independence, which began after <coughs> the, the United Nations allowed the Jews to create a state. The Arabs began a war against the Jewish people in Israel. And later, when they established the state, the war accelerated. 6,000 Jews were killed in that war, which was a huge number. There were only 600,000 Jews living in Israel at the time. Most of the people who were killed were Holocaust survivors. This went on through the end of 47, 1948, and part of 1949, called the War of Independence. There were, I think, seven or eight Arab armies who besieged Israel and promised that it would be completely obliterated and annihilated. But great miracles happened, despite the terrible, terrible loss. The fact is that the Jewish people can emerge from this absolute decree of annihilation. They wanted another Auschwitz there and uh, could continue living a semi-normal life there. 
and allow all the refugees to come and all the Holocaust survivors to settle and Jews who had to leave all the other Arab countries could find a home. They're going through the graves of the soldiers buried in 1948. And of course, every tombstone has, you know, the name, the first name, the last name, the day he was killed, sometimes details where the war happened, the platoon, the name of the group that fought. He brings them to a grave. And on the grave, on the matzev, on the tombstone, you have the date of the battle, the date, the yard site, the day that this particular soldier was killed. It also specifies the location where he was killed and the name of the platoon, the name of the group of soldiers which he belonged to. But there's no first name and there's no last name. Instead, it says, Here is buried the anonymous figure. And the boys look at Aryeh and say, what's going on? They wanted to have a name. And he tells them the story. This kid, this soldier, was a survivor of the Holocaust. He was in the death camps. He lost his entire family. After the Holocaust, somehow he made illegal aliyah, Eretz Yisrael, Israel, which was then called Palestine, under the British mandate. He made one of these illegal ships. He got up to the country land. And when he landed, the war has begun. The war was already, the war of independence was already raging. You know what happened? They gave this young man a gun and they said, we need you to fight. And he joined a platoon that was fighting near Jerusalem. And the next day, he and 69 other young soldiers fell in battle. And they performed the funerals and they buried them. When they came to his, they realized a tragedy. They didn't know his name. There was no records of it. They didn't know his first name. They didn't know his last name. There was no family or friends to escort him. His family was murdered in the Holocaust. The only ones who probably would have known his name were the group of soldiers he was serving with, but they were all killed. 69 of them were killed. And it happens to be that nobody was present who knew this boy's name. So they knew the date that he died. They knew where he died, and they knew the battle in which he died and the name of the platoon. But that's it. So therefore, on the tombstone, it says, Poi Nitman Almoini, the anonymous one. And these kids, Aryeh says, were visibly moved. The story penetrated them. And they turned to Aryeh Eldan and they said, Who says Kaddish for this boy? Who gives charity for him? Who remembers him? Who says Yisker for him? Whoever mentions his name? And Aryeh Eldan says, Nobody mentions his name. Nobody knows his name. Nobody says Yisker for him. Nobody remembers him. Nobody does anything for him. We don't know who he is. But today we come to his grave. They were very, very moved. And Arya used this opportunity to share with them the story of the Jewish people who emerged from the Holocaust, literally from the ashes. And an, an incredible experience rebuilt Jewish life, rebuilt the Jewish homeland, and rebuild Jewish life all over the world. And about these people, these young people who sacrifice everything they have to protect their brothers and sisters, millions of them living in their eternal promised land. The children, they weren't children, they were teenagers, I'm calling them children, I guess everything is relative, were very, very uh, affected. This was the last day, and life moved on, and soon they graduated, and they were drafted into the Israeli army. Ariel Dodd says, almost a year passes. He gets a call 
from one of the boys in this group. He said, Aryeh, you remember us? Yeah, of course. This was the group that he took last year around Israel trying to inspire them. It wasn't an easy job, but he took them to Mount Herzl. And they say, you know, Aryeh, we have unbelievable news for you. He says, what's the news? Does you remember the grave of that kid, of that soldier? whom we visited last year, and it said on the Almoini Anonymous? Says, of course I remember. It's not the first time I went. I go there very, very often with the boys of the high school. I want to show them what's happening. They said, you know, Aryeh, today is the yard site. On the tombstone, you have the yard site. Today is his yard site. He says, wow, I didn't realize. What's going on? Why are you calling me? And they say in Hebrew, Matsano hamishpachashalo. We found his family. He thought they were crazy. They were in the army. They maybe lost their mind. What do you mean you found his family? How do you search for his family when you don't have a name? You don't have a picture. You don't have ID papers. You have nothing. You have a grave. They couldn't even do today. You have DNA testing, but they couldn't even do DNA testing. Who are they supposed to match it up with? You have the DNA. Who do you match it up with? Every single Jew in Israel, every single Jew in America, every single Jew in England and South. Who do you match it up with? So he says, what are you talking about? They said, we found his family. We found Matsano Mishpachachalo. And because today is the yard site, the family is going to the grave to say Kaddish, to learn Mishnayis for his memory, to give tzedakah for his memory, and to daven for his soul, for his neshama, on this special day. And if you want, you're welcome to come and join the family. He was so curious. He was perplexed. This did not make sense to him. Gets into the car, drives to Mount Herzl, to go visit the family of Mr. Anonymous, wondering in his mind, it's been 70 years since this young man was buried, since this young man was killed, Al-Kiddush Hashem, protecting the Jewish people in Eretz Yisrael. 70 years. Where do you find family after 70 years? Of course, as he comes to the grave, who's there? He sees all the boys, all the boys a year before. They were all there. As he looked at them, with tears in their eyes, they said, Aryeh, Matsanu Hamishpachashalo, Anachnu Hamishpachashalo. We found his family. We are his family. Anachnu, we are his family. And he said, they continued to commemorate this young soldier's yard site every single year. Both these stories left such a profound impact on me. Different circumstances, different people, different situations. But the words of those young teenagers who said, We found his family. We are his family. Wow. And I say this to you because you are the same age of these young men. A little older, a little younger. And one of the most powerful resources we have is each other. We are all family. Yes, we may be physically distant, but spiritually we're one. Yes, some of us are actually family biologically, and some of us are not family. But first of all, if you go back long enough, we're all family. And even if you don't go by long enough, spiritually, emotionally, historically, culturally, religiously, we're family. And I want you to remember that we're not just isolated people, you know, living on the surface as a blimp on a surface of infinity, everybody struggling to survive and be happy and find your own comfort. That's part of it. But as Hillel said, 
If I'm not here for me, who will be here for me? But if I'm only for myself, then who am I? You are part of a golden chain that continues thousands of years. And these are not only words. It's so vital to be able to experience this, to be able to breathe this, to be able to appreciate in your bones, with every fiber of your being, how you are part of this grand cosmic symphony called Knesset Yisrael, that we are all family, a family that has dedicated its entire mission to change the world, to make it a world that's worthy of redemption, to transform the landscape of planet Earth, to make it a place of, of goodness, of kindness, of holiness, of purity. A nation that has been dedicated and defined itself and was chosen to be ambassadors, ambassadors of light and love and hope and healing and truth and honesty and redemption. And each and every single one of you is part of this mishpach. We're family. And I want you always to know that that connection is real. And that connection is authentic. And you could rely and trust that connection. And you become that connection for other people. Because it's this unity that allows us to sustain every hardship and every obstacle. Our resilience, our courage, our resolve, and our strength come so much from the fact that we are all family. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.